What's up, gorgeous? Happy Wine Wednesday. I'm so glad you're here. I love talking about baby steps and how important they are. And also how important it is to let yourself be a beginner. And I believe these things go hand in hand. So let's talk about them together. So often we're living our lives based on what we're conditioned to do. So what we were told the right thing is, what we are sensing from society and the community around us, or what's worked for us in the past. And oftentimes like it's a very traditional approach to life, right? So most of us were taught like, yeah, go to school, do well in school, follow the rules, don't be too loud, don't be obnoxious, um, make friends, make people like you, make the teachers like you, go along to get along. Um, you know, all the way through however far in school we go, like, you know, I only, <laughs> I only got an associate's degree, but I'm kind of assuming it's the same type of mentality, probably all the way to the top. And then you get into the career world or the corporate world or whatever, and it's very much of the same thing. You want to be agreeable. You want to not be too much of a squeaky wheel. You want to make sure that people like you. You want to check the boxes. You want to do well in the role. You want to go above and beyond so that you're getting good reviews. And so there's so many places along life that these ideas are reinforced and it's reiterated to us of like, this is the path you're supposed to take. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to accomplish, right? And pretty early on, I think most of us get the message that we're not supposed to be bad at things anymore. I certainly did. I don't even know how early it was, but it was while I was still in school. Like, it's crazy, right? You're still in school, you're still learning. And it's like, okay, well, theoretically, you don't have to know things, but you have to be good at learning. So you have to have good study skills, you have to have good note-taking skills. So even though technically you're a beginner, you're learning new information, you're supposed to be good at learning that because you're not a beginner to being a student. So even while we're still learning, we're not allowed to be beginners anymore. And then this again, like in the corporate world, right? Like you get hired onto a job and maybe there's training, but you're still supposed to like catch on quickly. You're supposed to fill in the gaps with like, just context cues. Um, you're supposed to have just a foundational knowledge of how the world works, regardless of like how universal that actually is. And it just kind of gets worse from there, right? <laughs> like the more experience you have in life, the less grace there is for, for being a beginner and being bad at something. And I think so many of us are in my community, at least, like, are very high achievers. Like, I love Instagram, and I see so many people on Instagram who are high achievers, perfectionistic tendencies, the women I work with, like, 
very high achievers. And so we very quickly buy into this idea that we're not supposed to be beginners or we're not supposed to be bad at things because that kind of fits what I, what I want for myself anyway. As, you know, someone with high anxiety, perfectionistic tendencies, people-pleasing tendencies, like, I don't want to suck. I want to be competent. I want you to feel good about me doing this job. And so I latch onto that right away. Like, yeah, I don't want to be bad at something. I don't want to be a beginner, like, in a floundering way at all. I want people to be able to trust me and I want to feel competent as much as possible in my life. <laughs> to the point where like, I don't necessarily want to learn new things in front of people, even if it's like a game, okay? So this is a real problem. Like we do not want to be in a situation where we're learning something new and we're being bad at it and people are observing that. Like even a new board game. Like how many of us get anxiety learning a new board game with a group of friends, right? The people that we care about, people who care about us, who do not think we're stupid, right? I get so much anxiety sometimes just learning a new game, which is supposed to be fun. Like, by the way, if anyone's like me, like games are supposed to be fun. So there's that. Um, <laughs> But, like, I'm so worried about, like, missing a direction or missing a, like, a, a logical link, you know, where, like, technically the direction said this and you didn't technically explain this, but, like, I should have made the connection and I didn't, so now I feel stupid. So stressed about that. And that's just a game with friends. So how much more do we beat ourselves up when we're trying something new that has potential? Okay? Potential, period. Potential to go really poorly and maybe change how people look at you. Potential to go really well and change your life. We put so much more pressure on ourselves. I think it can be hard even to learn a hobby because we are so taught to be productive. So then it's like you have to earn the hobby. If you're not good at it, then why are you doing this hobby? If you can't monetize it, why are you doing this hobby? It's, it's not a hobby if you monetize it. So if anybody asks you that, tell them to sit down. But, like, these production expectations are so high. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm not good at piano, then why do I even play piano if there's nothing I can, like, do with it? And why do I get this time to myself to play piano, even if I enjoy it, if I'm not good at it? It's like I haven't earned the pleasure of a hobby if I'm not producing something by at least being good at that hobby. I know I'm not the only one because I see a lot of people online expressing these same things. But like when I say it out loud, it seems crazy, right? Like how are we so hard on ourselves? Like let yourself 
live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so, so then I'm sure you can see the buildup when we are trying to do something that matters to us. Maybe we're trying to launch a business or maybe we're trying to branch out in a different career or maybe we're trying to take a step towards changing our lives. So yeah, maybe you want to write a story, right? And it's not necessarily that your livelihood depends on it. You're not counting on selling this book to make rent, but there's that potential, right? If you do write the book and you sell any copies, like that changes a lot, right? So even if it's not launching a business, trying something new still has the potential to change your identity, right? If you write a whole book, like even if you don't sell any copies, like you're an author, so it changes your identity, right? If you've always wanted to go on a trip, you've always wanted to travel solo to, you know, the Caribbean or whatever, like, and that's been a dream, especially if you tell people about it, that becomes part of your identity of like, oh yeah, my friend Susie like wants to go to the Caribbean. No, no, no. Like when, when my family went on a cruise, like I thought of her and so people associate that with you. Well, when you finally take that trip, now you're the person who really wanted to go and did. So even that like changes your identity. And I think so often like we don't talk about it and we don't even like really consciously think about what it would mean. It's like the anxiety of the potential starts bubbling up. And so we just like push it down before allowing ourselves to process what that would mean for us. Whereas I think that if we would let the anxiety kind of bubble over and dissipate, because there's always like stress and anxiety with anything new, right? Because it's change and change is hard. So if you let the anxiety of the change just kind of bubble up, acknowledge it, let it dissipate, and then start feeling those real feelings of like, what is actually going on here? I think you'll learn so much more about yourself because after you're able to kind of clear away that anxiety, it's like, okay, this is huge for me because not only do I want to take a trip to the Caribbean, but I actually am super interested in the culture and I want to learn so much. And, you know, maybe there's specific islands that you're really interested in. And maybe you actually want to spend quite a bit of time in, you know, a certain area, or maybe you want to move there, or maybe you want to live overseas and the Caribbean is just kind of the first step there. If we would let ourselves like realize what these ideas and urges lead to or could lead to, or maybe even what we want them to lead to, it's so much deeper than these little bubbles of anxiety that we're just pushing back down. And I think we're afraid of the potential, right? And we're so afraid of failure because, hey, if I want to move overseas and I can't even get myself to take a trip overseas, how am I ever going to get to that dream? 
And so we think of, like, before we've even started, there's all these concerns and all these excuses and all this fear of failure when you could really just focus on the first trip. Because we're not even letting ourselves feel the potential most of the time. Like, a lot, so many people I talk to, like, they might identify that they want to take the trip, but they haven't even acknowledged that there is a deep part of them that wants to move overseas. Or, you know, there's a part of them that, like, wants to maybe spend some time writing or writing a short story or journaling. And, like, that's the urge right now. And they haven't even allowed themselves to realize that they want to be an author. And that's why it's so important to let yourself be a beginner. Because the fear of failing as an author is keeping you from writing in your journal, from jotting down ideas, from throwing a short story together. Because you're not acknowledging it and fully thinking it through. It's just a vague, anxiety-ridden idea cloud. And so we're not rationally thinking through the potential, we're just running away from it. Or, you know, for the other example of the trip, right? Like, maybe we really want to move abroad. And that's a huge, like, I can totally see how that's overwhelming, right? Like, visas, citizenship, no, 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 like, how does it work? But really, you can focus on taking the trip. That's doable. And that is, you have to start at the beginning. <laughs> like, you just have to start at the beginning. Because you don't know what you don't know. And there's no way to find out until you discover it. So you've got to take that first step. You've got to take the trip, right? And then you're going to learn. You're going to learn about the culture. You're going to learn about the currency. You're going to learn the vibe. You're going to have the opportunity to see like, oh, I actually prefer X Island over, you know, ABC Island. So maybe my next trip that's going to be a little bit longer I'll go I'll actually go to this other island. And then you're able to take the next step and dig a little deeper and learn a little more and change your mindset a little bit more and increase what you believe is possible a little bit more. That's part of why I believe like you can't really be an overnight success. Like we want to idolize overnight success and like put it on a pedestal and like that's like low key the goal even though we're like enlightened enough to know it's not realistic, but we still kind of want that for ourselves because we still haven't dealt with like being okay with being a beginner and sucking at something. So, you know, as an educated, realistic person, like I will tell you, I don't really believe in overnight successes. I certainly don't expect myself to be an overnight success, but like, I don't really have a plan besides that. So even though we're saying these things that we don't really support overnight success for ourselves or like we don't really believe it, like it doesn't really seem practical, doesn't seem realistic. Okay, so then what do you expect your path to look like? And so many people don't have an answer for that. So you can't really follow a path of negatives knowing that I don't expect to be an overnight success doesn't really tell me how to succeed then. 
So you still have to do the work of every little step and figuring out where it goes and chasing down the different leads, right? And being in the moment and learning what you can. Back to what I was saying, like, if we were overnight successes, like, think about it. Let's, let's go to the book, right? If you were all of a sudden to just start writing and, you know, like you just had an urge to maybe journal a little bit and you start writing and before you know it, you have a whole book and somebody magically notices it and publishes it and it's a booming success and now you're a New York Times bestseller. Like, wouldn't your brain explode? Like, how would you handle your new life as a New York Times bestselling author when you didn't even, like, realize what you were doing? Or, like, you know, you've thought about taking a trip, right? And then you stumble into this sweepstakes where you've won a house in another country and you can just move there and live abroad. That wouldn't even, like, be enjoyable it would be so shocking it would be like traumatizing so while we like put it on a pedestal of being an overnight success like that would not be great like that would not it's not the experience you want and you wouldn't be prepared to handle it so not only are baby steps super important and letting yourself be a beginner it's necessary to the journey like, if I overnight had a million Instagram followers, what would I do with them? How would I know what they want? How would I know what is interesting to them and what they care about and what they need from me? But if I'm growing a couple here, a couple there, I'm getting to know people as I go. And I'm growing while my reach is growing. So, you know, you write that first short story, right? And maybe you show it to your friends and family and you, you know, submit it to a newspaper and it gets rejected and nobody else sees it. Okay. Okay. It was your first short story. Probably not the work of your life anyway. Probably not the best work you're ever going to do in your life. And so you get to fail in front of a smaller audience. This is actually really cool because you get to practice in front of that audience that's smaller. And then you get to grow as your influence and your reach is growing. So then you do another short story and maybe that one does make it to the newspaper. And so then you're seeing other people are seeing it. And that one is probably a lot better than the first one. And then the third one, more people see it. And that one's better as well. So by the time you become a New York Times bestselling author, you are an accomplished author. And you've dealt with these small successes along the way. And so you've also built up skills for dealing with it. Maybe you've put some boundaries in place of, you know, whose letters you're going to respond to or when you're going to do interviews and when you're going to answer phone calls and when you're going to take on you know, special requests or whatever. Whereas if you never had that and then 
all of a sudden you have this booming success, you would just be bombarded with people wanting from you, you know, whatever people want from New York Times bestselling authors. Like, you know, more book deals, autographs, book tours, you know? Okay, can we turn it into a movie? And if you haven't been a writer, you haven't been an author, like, how are you supposed to know how to handle that? So I'm, I say this to encourage you that not only is the journey and those baby steps completely necessary, but it's also so good for you. Because if we had the overnight success, our brains would explode. Like, let's be real. Or, you know, maybe we would waste it. Or maybe it would waste us. So not only is our baby steps and being a beginner not a bad thing but they're good things it's like the natural order but also it allows you to grow and develop as your reach and impact are growing and so you when you fail or when you misspeak or when you make a mistake you're typically doing that in front of a smaller audience. And so you're learning how to own your mistakes, how to apologize in a meaningful way, how to, you know, make up that lost ground, how to reestablish trust. And then you're getting better and better with each new iteration as this dream like unfolds. I know it was like a little existential and not like super concrete, but I know my podcast listeners are super smart, so I feel like you get it. But also, please let me know if it's too vague. I would love to talk more about this. If there's like a specific section you want me to chat more about, I'm all about that life. So really, let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think it's a crock of crap. We can talk about it. We can expand on it, etc., etc. But until then... Give yourself that grace. Take those baby steps and let yourself suck. Let yourself be a beginner and build those skills step by step because you're going to get there. So don't give up. Happy Wine Wednesday.